Clients On Demand teaches coaches, service providers, and thought leaders how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. What's going on? It's Russ. Welcome to today's show. Today, I'm here with the brilliant, the amazing Adrian Richardson, our director of lead gen. And today, we're going to talk about, is there an ultimate sales funnel? So people are all over this idea of having sales funnels. And you've got all these different people trying and testing just all kinds of different stuff, whether they're people are opting in for a book or people are opting in for a PDF or opting in for a free report or people are opting in for a webinar. Maybe people are opting in to take a, a quiz or something. And you know, then what do you offer them and what do you upsell them and, and what do you downsell them and what do you cross sell them and all these other things. And so people create these funnels that like look like something out of Goodwill hunting where it's like, you know, just mapping out all the stuff on the board and it gets incredibly convoluted and very, very complex. And so today we kind of wanted to, you know, just tackle this topic and and, and figure out, okay, is there such a thing as like the ultimate sales funnel that's going to put more money in your pocket than anything else? And if so, what is it? And really specifically, we wanted to tear into some very, very common beliefs. I don't even, you know, we shouldn't even call them beliefs anymore, Adrian. We should just call them superstitions, honestly. These very like common lies. lies. (laughs) But they're not lies because it's like, so, okay, so let's talk about how these things come to be. These sort of conventional wisdom. How does it come to be really quick? Because a lot of people say, oh, the gurus are lying to you, or these people are lying to you, or those people are lying to you. But I don't really believe that that's that's true. I I know a lot of the guys who are gurus, and even when I disagree with them on some really big, really important stuff, I would never sit there and say, okay, well, these people are just straight out lying to you. What they're doing is they're teaching you something that either worked for them once, or they're teaching you something that they they learned from someone else. It's like if you go to your local karate school, you know, around the corner from your house in the strip mall, there's probably like a like you know karate school or whatever, right? And you go in there and you start learning karate, and you're probably learning from a guy that's never been in a fight in his life. He's just teaching you what his master taught him. And he's, you know, his master was just teaching him what his master taught him, and on and on and on. And so what happens is you have these strategies that maybe worked really great in like 2001. And so people started teaching them and then people started reteaching them and started reteaching them and over and over and over again until eventually you get to this thing where it's just, you know, accepted conventional wisdom. But nobody ever stops to think, is this still working today? And can you make this work from scratch? You know, it's one thing to have a strategy that works when you have a list of 100,000 people. you know. So like the guru, when they try to do this strategy, they've already got this huge brand. They've already got this huge following. They've already got all this capital and reputation in the industry. So they can use you know, these kinds of strategies and maybe they can you know, squeeze out some money from it. But can it work for someone who's starting out? Can it work for someone who maybe hasn't been in the business for a really long time? It doesn't have a big list. It doesn't have a big following. And Anyway, the point is, is like I don't want to say these people are lying to you when they teach these strategies. I just think these strategies are outdated and it's time for us to update our thinking a little bit. So that's why I think we should call these more like superstitions instead of saying, well, what are the lies that people are telling yeah. you? Because it really, that's exactly what it is. It yeah. becomes literally a superstition. Yeah. Well, and what happens too is that it gets watered down, right? So like maybe the person who discovered this, it worked really well for them. And then as 
someone learns it and then they learn it from them and they learn it from them and all these people keep teaching it. There's so many things that are probably lost in the process where it gets watered down too. So it's a combination of it's just out, outdated, but it's also like the people that are actually doing it now don't really know much. Like you said, the fighter that's never been in a fight. It's like the guy teaching marketing that's never really had a marketing client. And so that's kind of what we see in the internet marketing space right now. Yeah, guys. And listen, the devil is in the details. I mean, the vast majority of the time, you know, we found tiny tweaks in terms, especially with our Facebook ads, Adrian, where like, you know, this one targeting setting, there was one example in particular, I'm not even gonna tell you guys what it is. There's one example in particular where we were having a challenge reaching a certain audience and we got one tip from like our Facebook rep and that tip has literally been worth millions of dollars to us yeah. over the last couple of years. It's an unbelievable thing. And so, you know, that's the other thing to consider as well is that when you when when someone just says, "Oh, just go do this." There's a lot of details that go into actually making that strategy work if it's even got a chance in hell of working in the first place. And I want you to understand that's true with everything that we share with you guys on these on these these shows as well. And I think we're pretty upfront about that that like look, we're here to give you the broad strokes, we're here to shift your thinking, but if you really want to go out there and execute this stuff, there's a lot of detail that we just don't have time to get into on these little you know, 30 or 40 minute shows. So just keep that in mind as well, that we're here to give you some big concepts. We're here to introduce you to what's possible. We're here to shift your thinking about these things, bust some myths so that you don't have to waste your time following a strategy that doesn't work. But even if you're going to follow our strategy, please come and work with us to implement it because there's so many little details that make a huge, huge, huge difference to everything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's with anything that you're going to perfect in life is that those little details are what make the difference. And that's often the thing that people think is not important. Like, oh, that's no big deal. You know, a lot of times when they come into clients on demand, they'll question certain things we have them do thinking that that's just our preference. And then when we make it clear to them and explain why it needs to be exactly that way, then they discover that that's actually part of the secret sauce of what makes it work so well. It's not just a random preference. It actually is the detail that makes the difference. Right. So most funnels, guys, are built around this idea of nurturing. So let's figure out like what these funnels are. Okay. So the whole idea behind a sales funnel is that you're not going to just have someone click on your ad and then immediately send them to a sales pitch. Although there are people that try that. But the idea of a sales funnel is that you want to capture their contact information, like capture their name, capture their email, and then you can engage with them again and again and again and again, and you can begin to build a relationship. Now, theoretically, that's actually a really good idea. You, know, you should, Obviously, you should be capturing leads. You should be capturing people's name and email. But where the whole thing breaks down is when you get into this idea of nurturing. And so there's a very prevalent superstition in the online marketing world that if you want to sell someone something that you have to spend weeks or months or years like nurturing that relationship with all this free content before you can actually give them what it is that they need. And so I'm here to tell you that nurturing is BS. Okay. So rather than look at like 50 million different kinds of funnels and talk about why each one probably isn't going to work, what I want to do today is we want to give you guys big, big concepts that you can sort of like put in your bag and take with you so that if you understand this principle, you can, you know, begin to evaluate funnels for yourself and make an intelligent decision about whether that's something you want to try out. So the biggest thing that we can tell you guys is that nurture, this whole idea of nurturing is BS. It is just nonsense. And I'm, I know I'm, I'm going right in the face of what a lot of people will tell you. Most people will tell you, oh, well, if you're asking someone to uh, buy something from you, that's like asking a girl to marry you on the first date. Or you just hear like all these like weird ass sayings yeah. and things. But the bottom line is that I look at it a completely different way. If someone is signing up for what you have, whether that's you know an ebook or a webinar or whatever it might be, chances are they have a serious and significant problem in their life. 
And it's a serious problem that they need help with. And so why would you waste their time for four months or four weeks or even like four or five days giving them a bunch of nonsense content that isn't going to solve their problem? Mm-hmm. Because what they're hoping is they're hoping that you're going to come along and you're going to put something in front of them and offer them something that can actually get them out of this trap that they're in. And so you guys have to understand that while you're quote unquote nurturing, you're actually wasting the person's time. If you actually put something in front of them and say, hey, look, man, this is the one thing I've got for you. It can absolutely fix this. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take some work. But if we work together, we can solve this problem. And you just do that. It's like actually refreshing for people because otherwise they're sitting there and they're you know maybe watching all these videos you're giving them and emails you're giving them and all these other things. And, and the whole time you've never made any kind of an offer to them. And they're sitting there going, what is this about? So if you want to compare it to dating, it's more like ladies, when you go on a date with a guy that you really, really like, and at the end of the date, he's like, okay, cool. That was awesome. And then he, you know, he asks you out for a second date, but you're like, when is this guy going to kiss me? Like, when is this guy going to like make a move? It's the same thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, how would you feel if you, there was a guy that you were incredibly into, you were super, he's a guy of your dreams and he kept taking you on dates for like six months without ever kissing you. Like, <laughs> you'd be like, what are we doing? Are we friends? Like what's, what's, what's up? And so it's, it's a very similar thing, guys, where you don't need to ask the person to marry you on the first date, but you do need to move the ball forward in a way that, you know, where you're actually offering them something that can solve their problem because otherwise you're just wasting their time and you're wasting your time. And here's the thing. I didn't realize we were going to go down this dating rabbit hole, but <laughs> as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing there's so many parallels, right? The longer you wait to actually make the offer, the greater the chances that you're going to have some competitor that swoops in and then they sign up for that person's webinar, they sign up for that person's funnel, and that person actually does offer them something that could fix their problem and they pounce on it. They go, oh my God, thank you, finally. Meanwhile, you're wasting all this time. So it's like, well, you're dating that person and you're going on date after date after date, some other dude or some other gal is going to swoop in and, and, and actually make something happen there. So it's the exact same thing with marketing. And I don't know where these superstitions come from, but I really think it just is rooted in this fear of selling that we've talked about on a lot of the shows that we've done where people are afraid to just put themselves in a position where someone can say yes or someone can say no. Because yeah. just like at the end of a date, if you go and you make a move and you go in for a kiss, you take that chance that person can be like, no, I'm, I'm good. And it's all right. You go on the next date and you live your life and it's all good. So it's the same thing because if you're not doing anything, you're creating inertia and you're creating indecision and you're creating hesitation. And in my experience, money and wealth and success does not respond to those things. And human beings do not respond to those things. Human beings respond to having you put something right in front of them that can actually make a difference. Yeah. Well, this is incredibly popular in the launch in business, you know. So a lot of people these days believe in doing a launch. And that is where you have a certain period of time where you announce that you have a program or a service that's available and there's only a short window where they can they can take advantage of it. But what all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes of that preparing for that. And I used to do a lot of launches for clients and I don't do any of that anymore because <laughs> it's just torture for everybody. But typically you start your launch planning six to twelve months in advance where you're growing your list and you're nurturing them for months and months and months and you're sending them emails to show them how great you are and to talk about their problem and months and months and months you do this. Most people will nurture their list for four to six months before they actually do the launch and offer this to them. And then a lot of people only do a launch once or twice a year, maybe three times a year at the most. So like you just said, you have this person who has a problem and you're just kind of like dangling a carrot in front of them almost for months and months and months and eventually they lose interest. They're like, this is isn't solving my problem. Your email you're sending me two or three times a week isn't solving my problem. 
And so they move on to look for that solution from somewhere else. And then at the same time with, you know, having a launch window that's so short, it's like just the people who are, you're, you're limiting the people who can purchase this and get your solution to just once or twice a year. So it's like all those people who had this problem the rest of the year, they went somewhere else to find their answer because they don't want to wait that long to solve this problem. And so the, the nurturing and the belief that you have to like continue to build this relationship and build this relationship, the bottom line is if this person believes you can solve their problem and you can deliver the outcome, that's all that's necessary. All of the in-between emails and the nurturing and the conversations are irrelevant. So yeah, someone named Pele just made a really great comment. I just want to put it up on the screen here. He said, I think it's both a bit of nurturing and then definitely making the offer also. And so what I'm saying, guys, is that you don't just go from someone clicking your ad to like offering them a five or $10,000 something. Right. But what I'm saying is that you want to do as little nurturing as you possibly can. And so what are those things that you sort of need to establish, right? You need to establish that they have a problem. You need to establish that what they've been doing probably hasn't been working. You need to establish that you have something better and that you have their best interests at heart. And then you need to tell them how to get it. And so you need to establish those things. And and I'm not arguing with that. But what I'm arguing with, what I'm saying is that you don't need to spend three or four weeks or three or four months doing it. And what we found at Clients on Demand is that we can we can do all that stuff. We can check all of those boxes with just one 45-minute webinar. So you click the ad, you go, you watch the 45-minute webinar, and then boom, right there, you're getting made an offer. And you don't really need any more than that. And contrary to what people think, where people are going, well, oh my God, that's so abrupt or that's so sudden. I look at it the opposite way where I'm like, look, I'm doing, we're doing it that way because it respects the client's time. Yeah. Because the client's sitting there and they don't have an infinite amount of attention. They don't have an infinite amount of webinars to watch. And I know very well that if they're on your list, they're on like two or three of your competitors' lists too. And they're Mm -hmm. seeing your emails and they're seeing emails from like five or 10 other gals or five or 10 other guys. And it's like, who's going to make an offer here? Who's going to say something compelling? And so you don't need to spend a lot of time nurturing. And that right there wipes out the vast majority of the funnel structures that people are teaching. So yeah. anything that involves like, you know, spending all this time nurturing or giving people content and content and content and warming them up is just yeah. it's something lead, you can lead magnet survey surveys, quizzes, launches, all of those are just dragging it out. Yeah, you're just dragging out that relationship when really you could establish that a lot quicker, I think. So then the other thing that we see is you guys might have heard this this thing where it's like, what was it, Adrian? Most people need seven touches, seven touches. or something. Seven, Seven touches. touches. So the, yeah. the marketing thing, they teach this a lot in marketing, in general marketing, not necessarily online marketing specific, but in all marketing. And they'll say, you know, on average, a person needs seven touches before they're going to purchase anything from you. You know, they need to hear from you time and time again, lots of phone calls or lots of emails or lots of visits to your store or whatever. And the it, it kind of goes with the nurturing, but it's a little bit different in terms of like this person needs to be offered this multiple times, seven touches that they know that they have something to buy from you before they'll actually take action. And again, that's just a really old belief. It's no longer relevant whatsoever. The buyer has evolved. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day that may have been necessary, but that's not the way people are today. You know, people 
they want a quicker solution. They, it's not like, oh, I need to talk to you seven times before I make up my mind. That's just not necessary. Well, if your first offer sucks, <laughs> you might need to do seven, six more offers before you yeah. get the person to actually say yes. Because, yeah. right. So, so the thing is, chances are the first touch, whatever, I don't even know what, like that's such a weird word, the first touch. I know. Um, the first touch, <laughs> the first time you touch me. Yeah, yeah, the first touch, like it's probably weak to begin with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's probably not something where they were actually making an offer. They're probably just like, yeah. So And so you might need to just like keep poking that person in the forehead to get their attention. But if the first touch is awesome, you should be making the majority of your sales and the majority of your enrollments there. The very first someone time. Just the, someone just said in the comments, are you saying don't have an email sequence? And, and what he means by that, for those of you guys that maybe are new to online marketing, is he saying, well, you know, Conventional wisdom in online marketing is to is to have a, a follow up sequence where someone signs up to work with you and then you know they they keep following up and following up and and sure but what I'm saying is that the mistake is to think that the majority of your sales are going to come after they've been followed up with ten or fifteen or twenty times right the majority of your sales sales should come on that very first touch that very first communication yeah and I, I don't again I, this belief just came from really old marketing that's what just was always taught and I even heard at one point in time it was up to like 17 you yeah. know they, they just crazy numbers they throw around out there and they'll even talk about this in brick and mortar like a person has to come into your store seven times before they're gonna buy from you like who are these I don't people? Know about you. I walk into, yeah I walk into a donut store I buy donut like I don't walk into a donut store just to go oh nice store and then I'm yeah. out like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is just, like you said, a superstition or whatever that we believe. And it almost makes us feel better that we, d- we didn't succeed the first time around. Like, oh, it's okay. They didn't buy for me the first right. time because it's going to take seven times. So I'll follow up with them and I'll email them or I'll do this. And and it's almost like it makes you feel better that you weren't able to get this person to become a client. It's almost like an ego thing. Like, well, it's going to take some time. And so you just keep putting out all this stuff that you think is giving them these follow-ups or whatever. And it's not really moving them any forward to purchasing because if you had what they needed and you could solve their problem, it wouldn't take seven times for them to make a decision. You know what? That's a really good point. And it makes me wonder if maybe that's where this came from, where it was like, oh, well, people are I'm talking to people and they're not enrolling. Well, let's call them back and call them back and call them back. And, and yeah. so it's almost like this exists to cover up or like paper over a, a a bad or a mediocre sales strategy. Yeah. Where you sit there and you go, well, I could either fix my sales strategy or I could just accept that, oh, I'm, I got to be persistent. I got to ask and ask and ask and ask. Well, if you're making an offer and you keep getting turned down, you keep getting rejected over and over and over and over again, it's like maybe you need to take a step back and think, well, maybe I need to make this offer in a different way. Maybe I'm not speaking to this person where they're at, or maybe I'm not really offering this person something that can really fix their problem and move their life forward. Yeah. And so... You know, you come up with these superstitions, you know, and another thing too, is if I am, if I were, a, um, <laughs> this, this might be a little cynical, okay, but I thought about it while you were saying it. If I was a teacher that was teaching a really ineffective process, right, then I might just be like, oh, no, no, no. Well, you know, you did your, you did the, you, you did your sales pitch. It didn't work. Oh, okay. Why don't you try it seven more times on that same guy? And maybe he'll say, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It takes 17 times. Did I say seven? I meant yeah. 17. So it's like, now I'm, t- you know, you're, you're the poor client and you're just having to go back and like badger these people until they say yes. So guys, anyway, the bottom line is that that's absolutely not true. And COD, you know, what, 95, 96% of our enrollments happen on the very first conversation over and over and over again, month after month for the past five years. So when you do it properly, guys, and you do it right, you don't have to be stuck in counting on follow-ups and counting on going back and back and back and back in order to create a relationship with the person actually 
chooses to purchase something from you. Yeah. It, it, that's just something that you guys can put aside and never think about again because it just simply isn't true. Yeah, just cross that off your list. Okay, so what else can they cross off their list? This is good. Low ticket, okay? Low ticket. So we wanted to talk about why low ticket is the fastest way to go broke. What we found is that there's this whole superstition too that that low prices actually serve the client. And without getting too deep into it, because we've talked about it on a lot of other shows, what we found is the opposite. That the lower the price, the lower the client's commitment level. So that if you think, well, I'm going to charge 97 for this, I'm going to charge $500 for this. Most people, regardless of where they are on the economic spectrum, if they invest $500 in something, they're not really going to commit, like absolutely commit to following through. They just won't. Charging $3,000 or $5,000 or $10,000, not only do you hit your income goals faster, but your clients also show up ready to work and ready to do what you tell them to do. And they end up crushing it and getting some incredible results where the results that their clients get, you know, when they begin charging a high ticket price, the results that their their clients get is way beyond whatever they were doing before premium price. So first of all, I just wanted to bust that right there. But even setting that aside, can is it even financially viable for you to have a low ticket offer and still hit your income goals? And I think the answer is no. And since Adrian's master with Facebook, tell us why that is. Well, you know, these days, Facebook is becoming more and more expensive for a lot of people. It, not that it I mean, if you do a great job, you can still stay very competitive. You're, you're doing a great job with your ads. But the truth is, is that there's more and more people competing for the same space. And so on average, these days, it will cost someone about 3 to $5 to add a lead to their list. So let's say you have them opt in for a free PDF or some kind of free thing. And you're going to pay on average 3 to $5. If you do a really good job, and depending on the industry you're in, you might get it for less than $3. But the, hitting those numbers is more and more difficult all the time, just because of the competitive nature of how popular Facebook ads are. And so let's say to add 100 people to your list then, and let's be you know, on the, the lower side, $300 to add 100 people to your list. On average, from ice cold, people don't know who you are. They opted in for your list for just some free PDF. And let's say you email them about a membership program you have that's $47 a month. On average, about 1% of people, if you do a good job with your emails and your sales page and all that stuff for your membership site, about 1% will purchase from you. So 1% of 100 is one person, right? So we spent $300 to acquire those 100 leads. One of them becomes a client and it's for your $47 a month membership program. And so the problem with this is that on that one client, you are not going to break even on that $300 ad spend for six months, right? You guys understand why that works? You spent $300 to put 100 people on your list and that creates one buyer at $47 a month. Now... At $300 at a $47 offer, Adrian's right. You are not going to liquidate the cost, just your cost to acquire the client before you even get into the black, before you can even get, in, get into profit. You're way in the red. Right. So that person has to stay for at least six months in your membership program before you start becoming profitable on the ad spend that you spent six months ago. 
The problem is, is that most membership programs, the average amount of time that someone stays in a membership program is four months. They come in, they're excited, they watch a few trainings, they engage, but around the four month mark is where people just kind of lose interest and they don't participate anymore. There's not a true outcome they're trying to work towards and they start looking somewhere else for a solution. And so with the average amount of time being that someone is going to cancel their membership program at four months, you're now upside down because you're not even breaking even until the six month mark. And so if you're doing paid traffic to acquire leads and you're selling any kind of low ticket, whether it's a $47, a $97, even if it's recurring revenue of $47 a month, you need those people to stay for more than six months to make any kind of money. And then even at that, you're only making what? $47 a month. <laughs> right. And and so you literally need thousands and thousands and thousands of leads every single month to ever get anywhere close to even having a six-figure business. Like there's no way and the amount of time that it takes for you to keep charging those low ticket amounts and the amount of people whose credit cards get declined and the people who don't pay and the people who drop off the face of the earth. Like it's so much work for such a little amount of profit that if you're doing paid traffic to any kind of low ticket offer, you will go broke very fast. It will not last long. And not only that, but let's say you do manage to get your hands on hundreds and hundreds or thousands of these low ticket buyers. I can tell you from experience that low ticket buyers are like $47, you know, $47 a month buyers, they are actually harder to work with and more demanding and more fussy than the people that are three or five or 10K to work with you. And so instead of, you know, having to provide client support for maybe like five or 10 clients at a premium price, now you've got to provide customer support for thousands of people at this $47 price. And it's like the questions they will ask it will just overwhelm you because it's impossible to do a good job and keep your sanity providing good support to that many people. So it's like, even if the financial model worked out in terms of your lifestyle and in terms of the impact you're making, it's still a total disaster. Yeah. I mean, just think about it yourself. How many times have you purchased something that was low ticket and you had every intention of doing something with it. And maybe you looked at it and then life got busy and you never went back. I can't tell you how many, I probably was in four or five membership programs at one given time, at any given time, a long time ago. And it was like, oh, it's 47 a month or 97 a month. And I might jump in there every once in a while to look at what's going on in the group or the material, but because it doesn't actually solve my problem permanently, a lot of times membership sites, it's like there's a new training every month and it's a different variety and it changes all the time. And so it's like this big smorgasbord that isn't specialized or focused on any one particular problem. And so therefore you kind of just are getting information overload instead of doing anything that gets you closer to your goal. And it's very, you know, like I said, just think about yourself and how you behave in membership programs or low ticket offers. And, and the, the people, even if your material is fantastic, the people who are buying this from you are going to behave the exact same way. Cause it's very easy to blow it off. Ah, it's only $47, whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So we know that nurturing funnels don't work. We know that following up with all these different touches, you know, it, it's not going to make up for a bad sales sequence. And we know that low ticket doesn't work. So then let's flip the script and talk about what does work. Well, as you might imagine, what does work is the opposite of those things. But let's break down the numbers the same way if you had a 5K offer. All right. So let's just say that now you're, you're I don't know, getting people signed up for a phone call, whether that's through a webinar or through some other channel. But typically our clients pay what, Adrian? 100 or 150 bucks to get people to get a phone call booked, right? Yes. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So before you were spending three hundred dollars to get a hundred leads on your list and get one percent of those people ended up buying it forty seven dollars. All right. So now let's flip the script. You're spending a hundred dollars to get a qualified prospect on the phone, and you're going to offer them something for five k instead of something for forty seven. Well, how many people would you realistically need to speak to before someone said yes? So maybe it costs you $400 to speak to four people, but you get one yes now. And that right. one yes is worth $5,000. So you just spent $400 to make $5,000 back. You got a 10 to one return on your investment. Right. And, and you did that within a short period of time. Instead right. of and you've done that within a short period of time, right? So instead of spending all this time nurturing where these people are going to lose interest, pull them into some kind of thing where you're going to offer them the chance to actually fix their problem and you're going to offer them the chance to do it at a decent price at you know somewhere between i would say 3 and 10k for for most of you guys and and when you do that all of a sudden everything clicks so you're respecting the client's time because you're offering them something that can actually fix their problem number 1 you're setting yourself up to win financially because when you get a client it's worth 3000 or 5000 or 10000 it's not worth 100 bucks or 200 bucks or 500 bucks and that makes it so much easier to be profitable with your facebook ads you're actually going to be making an impact Whereas instead of just like Adrian said, giving this kind of smorgasbord, like hodgepodge of information to thousands and thousands of people, you're going to be doing real powerful, deep work with like maybe three or five or 10 people a month, depending on what your income goals are. And you're going to have all the freedom that comes with that because now it's like, I don't have to, you know, bang my head against the keyboard trying to answer questions from a thousand people. I have like 10 clients. So that gives me the power to have tremendous freedom in my life at the same time. So when you're focused on a funnel with nurturing, when you're doing low ticket, you're setting up a situation where you lose on income, you lose on your freedom, and you lose on the impact you're making. It's like you're weak in all three areas. But when you have a high ticket offer and you don't waste a a lot of time, you go right for the high ticket offer and they either take it or leave it, then your income goals become much, much easier to meet. You get the freedom and the lifestyle at the same time, and you actually get to make an impact too. And so all those things come together in a much more powerful way for you. Well, you know, and like you just said, we talked about low tickets, easy way to go broke. High ticket is actually very difficult to go broke because what happens is, like you said, let's say it costs $100 to get a call booked. What if it took you 10 people to talk to before you made a sale? You know, so now you spent $1,000 and you acquired a client and that was for, and it was $5,000. So it's $4,000 profit, right? So you're still doing really well. It's not too bad. What if you had to talk to 20 people? like 20 people before you made a sale. So now you paid $2,000 for a $5,000 sale. You're still making twice as much money back, right? So it's like when you look at the low ticket model, it's almost crazy that you would ever even choose to go that route because it's only a matter of time. And if it took you a while to get someone to sign up, which it wouldn't take that long, but if it did, what if it even took you 30 calls? You're still profitable. You're it took still you 40 profitable. calls. You're, You're still, still profitable. profitable. Right. <laughs> like that just doesn't happen in low, in low ticket. And, and so when it comes to paid traffic, which obviously we recommend you do paid traffic, that's the only way you're in control of your leads. There's no other way. You want to be in control of how many leads come into your business. And when you do paid traffic, if you're doing low ticket, you're, you're going to be upside down all the time. But when you're doing high ticket, even if it takes you a while to get it dialed in, it's still going to be profitable. Yeah. So you're setting yourself up. So you're putting yourself in a situation where math is now on your side yeah. instead of working against you. And just to give you guys some real world numbers. Now, again, every business is different. You know, We don't know you. We don't know what your work ethic is like. We don't know what your offer is. We don't know anything. But I'm just saying real world numbers at COD, You know, we enroll 35, 40% of the people we speak to. And some of our clients 
are are even higher than that. So you really shouldn't be in a position where you're, you know, you're having to talk to 20 people to no. say, to say yes, maybe the first no, time. I wanted maybe, to show them how ridiculous it was, but yeah, no. exactly. But it's like, even that. if, even if you're in a situation where like, Oh, you're the worst salesperson ever. And you have to talk to 20 people to get a yes every single time. It's like, you could still be profitable with that. You can still, yeah. you know, you, you do that every week. You talk to 20 people, you get that one. Yes. At 5k, that's 5k, 10k, 15k, you know, you're, you're doing 20k a month that way. And then if obviously you should be enrolling a lot more than that, but <laughs> but my point is, is that now you're you're you've got tremendous leverage that you don't have doing it any other way. You just don't. Yeah. No. It's it's really incredible when you look at this. I, when we have people who come in and and want to, you know, they're offering a program for five hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars. And the funny thing is that high ticket is really subjective for a lot of people. Like what one person thinks is high ticket is not what another person thinks. And the truth is, is if you're selling anything less for less than like three thousand dollars. It's going to be very difficult for you to be profitable when you start doing paid traffic, you know, to really scale your business. So it's not that doing it this way is going to be easy, right? Building a successful business is never easy, but it's going to be much, much easier than doing it totally the wrong way. If you're doing it the wrong way, you're just like dead in the water. And so you want to set things up where the math is on your side, where you're giving yourself the best possible shot at success the best possible shot at creating the business that you want. And so the reason we're doing these is because there's so many strategies that, I mean, look, the low ticket thing might've worked in 2001. You know, in 2001, it's like traffic was super cheap. Traffic was cheap. AdWords like just came out. You could get traffic for almost nothing. There was no approval process. It's like, maybe that worked back then, but it doesn't work today. And so what works today is to have something that's high ticket and that's transformational. And I really feel like that's in line with what people want nowadays anyway. They don't mm-hmm. they know that their problem isn't that they need more information. They know that their problem is that they need the right mentor, the right coaching, the right consulting, the right service, the right something that's going to actually fix the problem. So guys, look, if you want to make some of these changes in your business where you go from maybe commanding the lower price which you were before to commanding a higher price, how do you command a price between 3k, 5k, 10k? How do you do Facebook ads? How do you enroll new clients consistently? How do you do these things? Guys, those things are our bread and butter. It's what we do all day, every day in our business and with our clients as well. So if you want to make those kinds of shifts in your business, then I want to invite you to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to us. We'll get on the phone for about 45 minutes and you can tell us all the strategies you've been using. Maybe some of the stuff is working. Great. We'll tell you. Maybe it's not working and we can look at that too. But either way, the goal of that call is for us to put our heads together and come up with exactly what the next step should be in order for you to move things forward, in order for you to hit those income, freedom, and lifestyle goals that you want. And there's so many strategies that you can follow that will just totally lead you down the wrong path. I promise you that if you book a call with us, we will take excellent care of you and we'll do really, really, really well. So guys, go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. Real quick, I see a couple of people asking questions about Facebook. Julian is asking, is Facebook the only paid traffic source that works? The answer is no. If you're using a high ticket model, you can use some other traffic sources too, because again, it's so much easier to be profitable. But I will say that of everything that we've tested, Facebook works the best right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Dawn is saying, my concern is also with my perception of Facebook. Are there other channels? Dawn, I don't know why why there would be a hang up about uh, using Facebook to advertise. I'm not sure what that means, but Facebook just rocks. I mean, they're, they're targeting and, and what you can do with their platform is just way ahead of everyone else right now. So it's the best thing to use in our opinion. So guys, go to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. We can show you how to use these principles in your business to get the clients that you want. Adrian, you're a superstar. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, we'll catch you later. Bye guys. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with Clients On Demand, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash call and book an appointment to speak to our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to reach them. Remember, scaling your coaching or service business does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. Now, we've helped clients all over the world scale their businesses to six and seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. I'm Russ Rafino, and let's talk soon.